0: This is the Jeff Merrick Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network.
1: Okay, welcome to the uh, the Weekender edition of TJMS. Elliot Friedman standing by, coming up in a couple of moments. Also, we'll talk to John Davidson, who's the president of hockey operations for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Yesterday's story bleeds into today and into the weekend. And will inevitably bleed into a trade deadline as well. Uh, The dismissal of Yarmo Kekalainen, JD, takes over in an interim capacity as well as the hunt begins for a new full-time general manager. Uh, He will stop by at the bottom of this hour. Sam Cosentino has his latest draft rankings out at Sportsnet.ca. We'll talk to him about that to kick off Hour 2. And also, uh, two-time Stanley Cup champion, Lightning Hall of Fame inductee and St. Louis Blues team consultant, Brad Richards will conclude the show today. So very much looking forward to all of this. Uh, a number of um, a number of pieces of grist for the mill coming up here. We'll uh, try to park some time and talk about Jack Hughes and his feud with not only Victor Arvidson of the Los Angeles Kings, but also the Los Angeles Kings social media team themselves. It's been quite a week for Jack Hughes, hasn't it? Um, One of the best personalities and top personalities, and in this case, heel personalities uh, around the NHL. We'll get into that. And speaking of heel personalities, how about Nikita Zadorov last night at Jake Wallman, right? The weekend we saw was the uh, gritty herd uh, and seen through the hockey world. Yesterday, just getting under Wallman's skin. I don't know what it was that Zdorov did. Like, it wasn't the gritty. You know what he was trying to do. And that's just make fun of Wallman as he skated back to the bench with that beautiful, goofy smile on his face. I'm not sure what that was that he was doing, but message clearly sent. And yes, a few people pointed out that that's a lot smarter than cross-checking someone in the head and taking a five-game suspension, but I digress. Big game tonight, this Friday evening, PWHL. It is Toronto facing off against Montreal. The battle on Bay Street, Scotia Bank Arena. That is this evening, where they will break an attendance record. Uh, only one game on the board around the NHL. Carolina faces off against the Arizona Coyotes. A couple of things from last night that we'll talk about today. Uh, both Chris Kreider and Austin Matthews with hat tricks last night. The Rangers win, the Maple Leafs win. A little bit awkward getting there for Toronto. Nonetheless, bad news for Blake Wheeler. That injury looked awful last night to Blake Wheeler, and we'll see how they respond. I don't think it's going to be any knee-jerk reactions by way of bringing someone in, though you do wonder if this paves the way for a return of vlad tarasenko to the big apple uh the panthers winning streak on the road continues it's now 10 tampa's won eight in a row at home and these two teams will clash on saturday this weekend's going to be good by the way stadium series Yager's retirement jersey retirement in pittsburgh on sunday Uh, we're going to get into all of it here now with elliot friedman from 32 thoughts and hockey night in canada hello fridge hello mr merrick how are you doing uh, I'm well, uh, one thing that we, um, we didn't get a chance to talk mm-hmm. about on the podcast that came out this morning that I, I want to get your thoughts on. And, you know, Tom Galiti has a piece, an interview with Yar Yager, his name, his number yep. goes to the rafters. Uh, Sunday, it is Pittsburgh facing off against Los Angeles. We will, by the way, let me grab the notes here on this one. We will, by the way, be carrying the ceremony, uh, Sportsnet Plus, uh, retirement ceremony, 4 o'clock Eastern. Uh, The LA Penguins game starts at 6 ET. That'll be available on Sportsnet Plus and Sportsnet 360 as well. So Sunday is going to be a Yager day. There's a couple of things that are interesting here. I'm not sure if you read the interview with Galidi at NHL.com, but he he asks Yager about playing with Lemieux and what it meant to him, and he said, Yager did, I don't want to talk about it right now. I've got a speech ready, and then I'm going to do it, and I can explain it. But from the first time I saw him play, he was my idol. He also went on to ask about the Penguins drafting him in 1990, and was it true that he told the Nordiques, Vancouver Canucks, and the Red Wings and Flyers not to select him? And he said half right, half wrong. I said, yeah, don't select me to the first three teams threatening that you'd have to go back home and serve military service. But Philly, you know, Bobby Clark, he says, got fired before that. And the scouts, they really wanted me there. Pittsburgh said the same thing. But as we all know, Philadelphia took Mark Reckie and that opened the doors for the Pittsburgh Penguins to select Yarmour Yager. This is a long winded way of me asking you this. What do you think of Yarmour Yager?
0: Well, I, you know, I, I, first of all, I, I really believe that the Hockey Hall of Fame should induct them now. I don't think I don't think that he should have the regular three-year uh, wait. And I've asked the Hockey Hall of Fame about that, and they feel differently, which is their prerogative, but I disagree with it. Um, the reason he continues to play is that uh, he wants to, he's worried that that team might not exist if, if he doesn't play any longer. And to me, that's a you know that is even more reason he deserves to be put into the Hockey Hall of Fame right away. Um, so I think that would probably tell you how I feel about Yager. Uh, I'm probably going to re-listen to it this weekend, but I remember our interview we did last year at the Winter Classic and uh, with uh, Phil Bork from the uh, Penguins. Uh, Phil Bork had a lot of great stories about Yager. Um, yeah, he really did. And, and he played a major role in brokering the piece that got Yager here. Um, it's going to be a great event yeah. on, uh, on Sunday. I, I think it's, it's going to be fantastic. Yeah. Uh, you know, in a lot of ways, it should have happened uh, a long time ago. But you know, Yager's a different guy. Um, you know, he obviously, there needs to be some fences mended, and I'm glad they did. I think it'll be a great event. Uh, on the weekend, and yeah, I, I, I gotta remember, I gotta say something. Like I can't remember who told me this once, but you know, sometimes, like, like the worst thing is, is that when you're the team that has to play against someone on these games, um, because oh, yeah. you know, you know, you're going into a hornet's nest, and, uh, and so the and he's, they, and they, I can't remember who said this to me, but he said, there's only two outcomes. Either you get killed or you ruin their night. Like, there's there's no other opportunity yep. for
1: anything else. Blow out either way. By the way, it's nice that we've arrived in a place in our lives where uh, whether it's David Amber or this other person who shall remain anonymous uh, is that we get fact-checked as we go every time we're on the air. I said recce, it was Mike Ricci, of course, from the Peterborough Peets that went to the Philadelphia Flyers. So I go to Box and I feel ashamed. Well, uh, so we'll look forward to that on Sunday. There. It, it starts with R. Uh, there's,
0: it's not very long. And there's yeah. two C's and an yep. I. So, like, you know, it, it's not yeah. the most egregious mistake. It's not the most egregious mistake.
1: You know, I um, I I added an H, much like, you know, people have told me, uh, Mark Friedman, who is one of your favorite hockey players in the NHL, mm-hmm. For the obvious reason. If if you just add an E to that name, it's Merrick Friedman, Elliot. So maybe I'll hop on board. the uh, Oh the wow, Friedman I didn't even think about that. <laughs> that's all i can think about because i'm a narcissist elliot all i do is think about myself and oh look there's my navel welcome to my life um a couple of things from last night this was um in in some ways it was hat trick night krider and, and austin matthews it was blowout night with dallas and nashville a lot of questions fall out of that one as well it was the panthers and lightning doing what they needed to do to set up what's going to be a great game we suspect tomorrow yeah. but this was personality night. This was personality night last night, whether it was Nikita Zadorov oh, yeah. just sticking it to uh, Jake Wallman, or whether it was Jack Hughes sticking it to Victor Arvidson, and then L.A. Social Media sticking it right back at Jack Hughes. Elliot, I love all of it. Bring it on every single night. Your thought on Hughes, Arvidson, King Social Media, and then Nikita Zadorov and Jake Wallman speaking of your favorite players. Uh,
0: yes, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, like I, again, uh, Jeff, I have a regular saying that I, I give to you. is That is that we can't complain our athletes are boring and then complain when they do something to show they're not boring. You either like it one way or no. you like it the other way. You can't have it both ways. And I and I prefer it as in don't be boring. like Be emotional. Uh, one of the things I think fans really like to see sometimes is do the players care as much as they do? Like sometimes fans think that no. Um, players don't care as much as they do. And when I see things like that, it's it's proof that the reverse is true. Um, these are alphas uh, competing at a very high level in a very physical game, and, and, and emotions boil over sometimes. And it's your job to keep yourself in line, but it's our job to understand what's really harmless and, and what isn't. You know, I had no problem with any of the Jack Hughes stuff, except I didn't like when he smashed the stick. I would say the same about Wallman. I don't think you should ever let your opponent know that they're getting to you, because when you see that, the players on the other team are like, "We've got him. We've got them. Never let them see you sweat, as I said to you on the podcast today. But like in terms of what he said, I don't have any problem with that. Um, you know I don't have a problem with, with Wallman doing the gritty. I, I didn't have a problem with what Ridley Gregg did. Um, you know I don't have a problem with Zadorov doing the gritty. But the one thing I understand is that people you are competing against will have problems with that. And if you're, like, like that's, you know, now you can't do things that get you suspended, but I've always understood that when I'm competing against people, if I do something that is seen as uh, as someone interprets as mocking or make fun of them, you know, someone's going to get mad about Mm -hmm. it. I think that's sports and that's competition. But I also believe... If you're going to dish it out, you have to take it. And, you know, if you said what he said and the Kings want, uh, social media people want to fire back, well, you know, all's fair. I, I think that's because Wallman does a celebration, even though he's not doing it to mock the Canucks, you know, Zador, I was going to do it yeah. back, all's fair. Like that's just, that's just the way it goes. And sometimes, sometimes you're the one who gets to celebrate and sometimes people celebrate at your expense. That's life.
1: Uh let's talk about some of the best teams in the NHL. Uh most notably the Florida Panthers. Yeah. Four so nothing last night. Anthony Anthony Stolarz, 45-save uh, performance. We've talked before about the real MVP in the NHL is the $1 million goaltender that can get you wins, uh, yep. like last night with Anthony Stolarz. If you have the benefit of having a $1 million goaltender, Scott Wedgwood in Dallas, for example, as well, yep. you, uh, you do yourself a lot of good. Um, just, just your thoughts on the Panthers. You know, their road streak now is at eight, or sorry, 10-game uh, road, uh, road win streak, Lightning's home win streak. Uh, is eight games, and these two teams will meet on Saturday. That was an intriguing one yesterday between Tampa and Colorado. Uh, Kucherov versus McKinnon. McKinnon gets a puck in the nose and comes back with a huge windshield uh, on his face but stayed in the game. Just your thoughts on what we're going to see tomorrow. This is going to be a great game. Florida Panthers and the Tampa Bay Lightning, it's you know, been one of the best rivalries. It took a long time to get there, uh, but now it's finally arrived, and I can't help but feeling that tomorrow is going to be really special with these two teams.
0: I agree. I, I I like when those two teams play each other because there's a legit hate there. They they don't like each other at all. Yeah. And and now there's more at stake because Florida's going for number one in the East and and Tampa's battling to make the playoffs. Um. You know, I I have to say I Nathan McKinnon for a second, He had a really weird week. Like he had that one where he tripped over the net and fell on his face, and then he had the pocket in yeah. there. And 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 Colorado had an awful road trip. Like they are just uh, leaking oil uh, right now. The Avalanche. It's you know it's going to be really interesting there. They're looking for goaltending. They're looking for another center. Like you know, color. Every team has bad stretches, but I'm surprised at how vulnerable Colorado looks. But getting back to your question. Um, you know i I think both the panthers and the and the lightning are looking around seeing what can really help them but I, I can't help but be really impressed by the panthers okay, a lot of a lot of injuries at the beginning of the year as you mentioned kachuk started really slow and they not only did they tread water but they thrived without some pretty important people in their roster especially on defense and now they're going mm-hmm. and um like if you, if Yeah, I you know they made the Stanley Cup final last year, so it's not a major prediction. But I think they're probably the best team in the Eastern Conference, and and never mind just with the points. But the way I look at them, like to me, they're the best team. Do you disagree?
1: No, I don't, and especially now that we're seeing a little bit of a uh, a step backwards taken by the Boston Bruins. Although I always come up short of saying like, okay, this is where the the Boston Bruins are crumbling because I've bitten on yeah, that one right. before and been yeah. burned.
0: So yeah, like, that's, that's I, I, can't,
1: I I can't I, I can't do I can't say like, oh, that's it, but you know, Boston's toast, oh, uh, Boston's done, Boston's spent because you know they could turn around and win seven games in a row, and David Pasternak could score a dozen goals in those seven games. So. It feels to me like the Florida Panthers are the best team in the East full stop, but I can't count out Boston. I can't, I don't know about you, Elliot. I can't count out Boston.
0: No, I, I, I never would. It, that's not, it, it's not about insulting other teams. It's about, uh, it, it's, it's about, um, uh, it, it's not about insulting other teams. It's simply about that I think Florida's really good. And I, I've gained even more respect for them by the way they played, you know, especially with those two big guys uh, out of the lineup on the blue line. They didn't have Ekblad, they didn't have Montour, who were very big parts of their team, and they were very strong. Like, you you take a look at Ekwin Larson, he played really well for them at the start of the year. He was a huge part of that, and he's lost a lot of his minutes since they got back. And uh, um, it just shows you how deep they are, completely deep. (laughs)
1: So I had, a, I had a conversation this morning with someone who was uh, listening to us. It was other podcast or radio show. I can't recall now. And we were talking about the point that you made about Jarmo Kekalainen, you know, showing up in, you know, player development or an advisory role somewhere. And this person called me this morning and said, you know, essentially, you dummy, how are you, how are you missing the obvious one here? And I said, what are you talking about? He says, can you not see Yarmo Kekalainen showing up with the Florida Panthers? So, Elliot, can you not see Jarmo Kekalainen showing up somewhere, somehow, with the Florida Panthers, with the Bill Zito Association?
0: Well, it makes a lot of sense because, as you mentioned, him and Zito were tight. They have a long history in uh, Finnish hockey uh, together. Um, You know, Zito did a lot of work representing Finnish players. Uh, And, uh, you know, I do think that Jarmo uh, Kekalainen has a really good eye for talent. Um, And it goes back a long way, and I do think he will you know, depending on what he wants to do, does he want to take some time? Uh, does he want to go back and work for someone right away? Like his ability is, uh, is legit. And, uh, he is, yeah. Hey, oh, thanks. Thanks very much. Um, um, it's, you know, I, I think Kekalinen could, I think there's a lot of teams that would look at Kekalinen and, and say, um, and say, Hey, I, uh, I would, I would love, be happy to have them.
1: This is always my favorite part of your walks, by the way, when you get celeb spotted by kids that are out at either recess or lunch.
0: Yeah, you know what? Uh, I, I, that was not a kid. I would say, but um,
1: oh, okay, you know, sorry.
0: I, <laughs> we're lucky, Jim. There's a lot of people who keep us employed. I'd put it that way.
1: Uh, amen to that. Okay, uh, a couple of more things. Hey, um, San Jose Sharks stunned the Calgary Flames last night. Double up the Flames. The St. Louis Blues double up the Edmonton Oilers. Not as much of a stunner as San Jose handing it to the uh, Calgary Flames. I'll tell you who I was happy for on this one. Because he took a real gamble by dissolving the contract, and that is, contract with Detroit. And that is Philip Sedina with the uh, four points. Yeah. And by the way... Yeah, Zadina was fantastic last night. I mean, it was the first time that it really seemed to come together for him in a San Jose Sharks game, and that was a big gamble he took, you know, last year dissolving the contract. Uh, Mackenzie Blackwood, uh, of recent note, as much as people are talking about Kapokakkanen, uh, Mackenzie Blackwood's been really good. Last seven starts, 5-1-1, one and one, 931 save percentage. Just uh, getting tongues wagging around trade deadline time as well. Uh, thoughts on San Jose handing it to... Uh, the Calgary Flames last night, or thoughts on the uh, St. Louis Blues? Jake Neighbors, uh, one plus two in this one, doubling up the Edmonton Oilers. Thoughts on either?
0: Well, first of all, that's a bad loss for the Flames. They've uh, they've actually played really well lately, and uh, they've ended up uh, uh, back in, back in the picture. And then to come home, like the thing is, the tough one about one like that is they, they had such a great road trip, and, and you're sitting there as your Flames fan, and you're like, wow, like this is. This is really good. They're back in the race. There's a lot of rumors, but the group is playing hard. And then you show up and, and you have a performance like that one, and uh, that that's a tough one to watch. Um, you know, I, it was a tough night for Dustin Wolf. I wouldn't really jump to any conclusions yeah. there, um, but it was just a it was a bad night. Like there's there, there's no question about that. Very disappointing. Not much else to say. I, I think with Edmonton. Um that was also, like, that was just a weird game. Like, it just shows you, like, I don't, like, I, I, like, I, I, I don't, also don't understand how people can bet on this league. Like, St. Louis comes into Toronto, <laughs> and, you know, the Maple Leafs are down, Riley's suspended, and we should mention that his hearing is ongoing right now, his appeal. Um, yeah. Riley's suspended. Uh, you've got Tavares and Meyer out of the uh, of the lineup sick, You've got people around there tweeting, uh, I'm going to crush the money line on the Blues tonight. And Bobby McMahon scores a hat-trick, and the Blues play one of their worst games of the year. Like, they were just terrible. And then, you know, Edmonton yep. goes in there, the Oilers have been pretty good, and the Blues clobber them. I, you know, I, so, it just shows you, I don't, I, it's very hard to bet money on this league. I don't know, I don't understand how people make money doing it. But the guy who I think hmm. has been a real success story this year, quietly for St. Louis, has been Jake Neighbors. Um You know, I, yeah. I was, I've been watching him a little bit more lately. He's up there for the team leading goals. Um, you know, uh, you know St. Louis gave him a taste, and they sent him back, and it looks like they've got a real fight here. He looks like a real player. And, uh, you know, for a team that is kind of, you know, they, in their own way, the Blues have found some pretty good young players in Thomas and, and Cairo. Now it looks like they've found mm-hmm. another one. And uh, I'm very impressed with him watching him last
1: night. You know what I like about Jake Neighbors, Elliot? What's that? He uses the Canadian spelling of Neighbors, although he's playing in the United States. They have not asked him to remove the U from Neighbors.
0: I, I, don't, I wouldn't expect that to happen.
1: <laughs> it's a joke, Elliot. Relax. It's only hockey. Oh, um, no, a couple don't. of more things from uh, from kind of laugh, from, from last. I always I always I, I always do chuckle because whenever I see Jake Neighbors playing with the St. Louis Blues, I'm like, yeah, the Canadian spelling of Neighbors. Let's go. Um, but let's not forget too. Like going into that, going into that Toronto game. Like to your point further, um, St. Louis had won something like seven of eight uh, until that game. Biddington was 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 good in it though, um, so it probably shouldn't come as any surprise. Like all of a sudden, St. Louis is starting to roll, and I think that. Sort of underlines your point about Calgary that much more. Like, there's that whole little mix there uh, of teams fighting for that last, you know, wild card spot in the Western Conference. That's why I think your point is a really good one about that's a tough loss against the San Jose Sharks because teams around them, most notably St. Louis, you know, they're still playing some great hockey here.
0: Yeah, yeah. uh, We all, what do we want at this time of year? We want playoff races. And, uh, yeah. And, and, and it, it would be really good. If we got more of them and I, I, you know, that's why I was disappointed to see, well, first of all, I always want the Canadian teams to do well. So I, I want Calgary to win that game to be in the race. Uh, They lose and then the teams around you win. Although we're starting to see some drop off here. It looks like Nashville's hitting the wall. Um, I think Mm Nashville stayed in this longer than people expected them to. They really look like they're starting to hit the wall, um, and you know Calgary. That's that's a bad one. Like if you miss the playoffs by a couple of points, you go back and you and you see um, you games like that one, and you say, "Boy, that's the one we really we really left on the table."
1: And don't look now, but all of a sudden the Minnesota Wild have won four games in a row yes. and the Seattle Kraken have won a pair of games as well. And like it's getting it's getting tight in that in that district. Um let me let me drill down a little bit more on your thoughts on, on Nashville. You know, we've talked plenty this week and on the podcast from this morning as well about UC Soros, and that is a huge trade chip that Barry Trotz has here. Like Barry Trotz has tried to be um really aggressive in retooling this nashville predators team i mean you can recall going back to the draft last year uh, all the reports and the rumors about trying to get up to make a move with san jose and get that fourth overall overall pick we believe that they're interested in will smith um we believe they're also interested in perot who the rangers drafted one before them uh but nonetheless they got a good defenseman uh, in the first round as well um i mean how how deep do you think nashville is willing to go as they try to redo this team? I mean, the first cut, I mean, it's the old song, right? The first cut is the deepest. That would be UC Soros. We'll see Mm -hmm. if they can pull this one off, whether it's L.A. or Carolina or, you know, insert Team X here. How deep do you think it could go in Nashville?
0: Well, I I think what they're doing is they're looking for top offensive talent. Like, what can they do there for top offensive talent? And, um, you know, uh, and so I think... I think what they're kind of doing there, Jeff, is they've made it pretty clear that if they're going to trade a guy like Saros, it's going to be for something like that. So I think that's what it comes down to is, is what can you acquire? Um, They're going to, um, they've got some young players who are kind of up and down uh, between the American hockey league or in the lineup right now. And I think some of those players are still have a chance to be very good players. Like uh, Parsonen and 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 that, but I think what they're say, seeing yeah. is they don't have that elite score, and I think if they and those players are really hard to find, but if they could find something, yeah. I think you, you would see them do it. Like like look like all the noise coming out of there indicates that all of the noise out there indicates that they will do. They would move Sorrows. With that kind of a player, so I think you have to be mm-hmm. prepared for the possibility that could happen if someone's going to offer it. Like I've said this to you before, but um, um, I- I've said this to you before, but I like I think a guy like Kalia would make sense in Nashville, but you're not doing mm-hmm. you're not doing sorrows for that, obviously.
1: No, but there are other, I'm sure, desirable desirable pieces on L.A. Uh, players that have an offensive slant to their game, and Kaliev could just be part of that deal. I know the knock well, on Kaliev is a little bit... You mentioned on the pod Kempe. Kempe. Like, that makes sense to me if they
0: uh, uh, wanted a- to do that. Adrian can Kem-
1: Adrian Kempe makes a lot, of, a lot of sense for a couple of reasons. One, scoring, your point, which is, the, which is the, the, the best one out of all of it. But two, the money washes, which is another intriguing and necessary point come trade deadline time. And three, his no trade, as modified as it may be, doesn't kick in until next season. So if LA is going to make a move on Adrian Kempe here and try to bring in a goaltender, the time to do it is now. That's why that one, in a lot of ways, makes sense to me. Like, does a Kempe Kaliev for Sorrow Steel make a lot of sense? It does to me, but I'm not Barry Trotz, and I'm not Rob Blake. Uh, quick note here on Nashville. And good for them, yes. Uh, the Nashville Predators have signed Michael McCarron to a two-year, $1.8 million contract that will begin the 24-25 season. The, the one thing that's interesting about Nashville, and this goes all the way back to, uh, to the beginning like to, to the beginning of the Nashville Predators, they've always liked having rough players in the lineup. Like, like they've always liked, you, you can recall like Patrick Cote and Darcy Hordechek and Jim McKenzie. Like they've always, they've always tried to have a slugger in the lineup, more often. St. Louis is famous for it, going back to the, 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 the doubling of the league in 1967. But Nashville, since the beginning of that organization, Elliot, they've always tried to have a hammer.
0: You know, I, I think, too, it's, it's pretty interesting in the sense that, um, you know, Michael McCarron, he was a pretty high draft pick. And I think when you draft players like that, I don't necessarily think that this is the role that you envision that they will eventually have, but I, I think it says a lot about things. It, it it says a lot about a how drafting is an inexact science, especially at that age. Uh, it says also, I think, how good the league is and how good players are. That and and secondly, that sometimes you have to adapt to survive. Right? Like we talk about in our current job yep. situation, you better be able to adapt to the new realities of the world, especially in media and like I McCarron's mean, yeah. a guy. Like all, uh, one thing I remember is he was at a rookie camp once, and I remember talking to one of the people who was there to watch it. It was one of those rookie tournaments where like Toronto was there and Montreal and Pittsburgh. I think and a couple of the teams. Yeah. And he he said to me, "You know who I was really impressed with?" And I said, "Who's that?" He goes, "Michael McCarron." And I said, "Well, that's good because he was a first rounder, I think." And he goes, "It wasn't that. It was that because he was such a high pick." Um, everyone was going at him. Like, all these other players who were not high-picks were taking runs at him yep. to show that they were they were going to get noticed. And he said that McCarron just handled it really well. He never lost his composure. He understood that that's what was going on, and he just kept playing. Mm-hmm. And I always watched McCarron because of that. And like I said, I don't think this was the path anyone envisioned, but I give him credit for carving out a role because his – like you said, um, you
1: know I was going to earn another contract. Uh, real quick, Stadium Series weekend tomorrow: Flyers, Devils, Sunday Rangers and New York Islanders, eight p.m. Uh, you can watch this tomorrow: Flyers, Devils, and then Sunday, uh, it's an afternoon affair. Rangers facing off against the New York Islanders. You have a thought on the the uh, the four teams involved in the Stadium Series here? What's well, intriguing the to Flyers, you? No, the Blake Flyers
0: Wheeler were. Right, the Flyers were telling me uh, yesterday that the only thing they don't like about it is that it's going to be freezing there when they play. Like, apparently the weather is going to be mm. really cold. But, you know, you know, I, I it know... It is outdoors. Yeah, I, I, that's a good point, Jeff. I do like these games. I like them a lot when I'm there. Um, <laughs> me too. Yeah. You know, because the fans get into it you have a lot of fun. I, I think it's a really great event to be at. The other thing I'm hearing out of this, and I'm not exactly sure what all the news is going to be, but I believe the Islanders have really impressed the NHL with their not only their new arena, but what they're doing around it. Um, you know, their their yeah. involvement with the local area, what they're planning on doing around there, and I think we're going to see them get some NHL events. I, I do. I think that uh, I think that the way they're doing things there has put them on the map, and um, I, I, I would. I don't know if we'll see the announcements this weekend, but I have heard that when you hear about NHL events, be prepared to start hearing the Islanders a Mm -hmm. bit more.
1: Okay. We will uh, stay tuned. Uh, Thanks, as always, for each watch free on Hockey Night, specifically in the second intermission tomorrow. Thanks, bud.
0: All right. Take care, man. Bye-bye.